Warning, the following video contains explicit language which may be offensive to some viewers or inappropriate for children. The content within this video is intended for mature audiences only. <laughs> Turn it on my microphone. <laughs> Straight into my camera. Da, 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 da. Check it out my papers. Dun, 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 dun. Yo, motherfucker. What? Oh, are we, shit. Are we getting to it? Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do this. <clears throat> From the plastic microphone studios deep in the heart of Cajun country, this is Faith Five from Fans. I'm your host, Jamie Ray, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. We have got one fantastic motherfucking show lined up for all you motherfuckers out there in the podcast universe. Today, my co-host needs no introduction. Oh, yeah, I guess I should, though. Anyway... Dr. Astronaut, novelist, mother of the motherfucking dragons, Coach Captain Scout Green is here to discuss our five favorite roles of the one, the only motherfucking Samuel L. Jackson. And if you haven't guessed, who, in honor of our topic, this episode will be heavily explicit. Sorry, kids. I will probably put out a beeped episode, but it'll be like motherfucking long beeps. Anyway, sorry, kids. Scout, welcome to the motherfucking show. Welcome to the motherfucking show. What a motherfucking introduction. How you like that, huh? I've been practicing. I like that. I could tell. I know. I mean, you just came to you so natural, throwing your hands up and just this, what? that everywhere. No gang signs, though. No. No, oh, no I, I did throw the, the the Cub Scout sign up, but I mean that just it's kind of oh, how yes. I, how I roll. Mm -hmm. Scouts on it. Oh, yeah. How yeah. you doing, girl? I'm really, really good. We're here to talk about one of my favorite things, SLJ. Mm-hmm. In the well, he's not in the house. I mean, I would I love wish. him to be in the house. I would have given him tacos because we just had tacos. Ooh, this is a warm welcome, SLJ. Yes, it is. So. You literally need no introduction. You are now a six timer. Is that you right? Know, I've lost count, but um, but yes, it is six times. Thank yeah, you for remembering yeah. that. You're you're welcome. You're welcome. So I've got uh Jay Hall, who we've done several episodes together. We just figured out he is a five timer now. So oh, that's so awesome. I'm just saying we got to get you up there. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, Jay Hall. I'm gonna have to do <laughs> one or two more shows. I can't, I can't have you beating me. Right? No kid, you know, and I told him, I mean, he's a fiver. That's awesome. I'm going to be sending him a smoking jacket with a big five on the back of it. But um, you get the parking so, space. What I was, yeah. And I, I need the parking space. Yeah. yeah. So that's just how it's going to roll. So, um, okay. So before we get into this story, I do want to say that in honor of Sam Jackson, we are going to be giving away a DVD 
of one of his really great films, I thought. Uh, I'll shout out, it's not on my list, but I loved it anyway because there's so many damn good movies. I'm going to be giving away a DVD of Shaft. And all you need to do to register to win is to DM me one or many of your favorite Sam Jackson roles. So we want to know what you liked. Maybe it was one that we didn't do. Maybe it wasn't that we did. And you were like, damn, damn, y'all were right on it. Whichever it is. And then at the end of the week, I will randomly, as a matter of fact, you and I will get back together and I'll count how many we have and you can choose a random number and that's who will get it. So booyah, y'all be ready for that. I fucking love it. Yeah. So obviously this is way different than anything I usually ever do. I try not to curse on the show. Um, but we just can't do Sam Jackson without cursing. I mean, we yeah, just have to. So, you know what I say? Fuck it. So, there we go. I did. Fuck it with a bucket. <laughs> so, this idea came from you. So, why don't you tell uh-huh. us a little bit about why you wanted us to do Sam Jackson? Well, you know, we've talked about before, you know, I kind of love to do the Fave Five roles that characters have played you know because there's so many wonderful actresses and act- actresses and actors out there so um, many so many but i love kind of being able to single in on one person's career the way we have in a few and just kind of highlight you know because we've talked about what some very expansive people mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. robin williams, robin williams. Leading yep. that list you know mm-hmm. i mean samuel L. jackson right there with him iconically Mm-hmm. Sandy B, That's your girl. You know, we got mm-hmm. Kathy B coming up. Coming you know, up. Spoiler. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I just I love to be able to single somebody out and kind of talk about all their greatest works. And SLJ is whew, what amazing. amazing. So let's talk a little bit about Sam Jackson before we get started. Uh he was born in Washington, DC, December 21st, 1948, only child of, of Elizabeth Harriet. And Roy Henry Jackson. He grew up in Chattanooga, Tennessee. His father lived away from the family in Kansas City, Missouri, and sadly later died of alcoholism. Um, mm-hmm. Jackson met him only twice during his life. He was raised by his mother, who worked in a factory and later uh, was a supplier buyer for like a mental institution. So a lot of the time he was raised by his paternal grandparents, Edgar and Pearl Montgomery, as well as like some extended, you know, they, he did a DNA test at one point and it finds out that he is descended from the Benga people of Gabon, but he was naturalized citizen in 2019 of Gabon. So interesting. Very interesting. I did not know the latter. He uh, attended several segregated schools and graduated from Riverside High School in Chattanooga. Yeah. Uh, did you know that um, about the time that he was in school there, he had a very challenging speech impediment no. that he was working through? Okay. And, um, yeah, he could not speak clearly. I guess he got bullied a lot and got made fun of, and he ended up taking himself down to the public library. And okay. read up on all kinds of different speech help books and things and working through different workbooks with some of the librarians trying to, you know, curb that challenge. And 
you know, I just know this from my own job, but in speech therapy, you can come up with sort of like anchor words, right? So it's words that you practice over and over and over that are easy for you to say. You're, and no. of, right? <laughs> come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. But a lot of the anchor words that you choose in speech therapy, you try and choose something that have, you know, multiple syllables of different sounds, right? So every time you're practicing a word, okay. San Francisco. Every, every single, yes. Um, every single syllable and every single sound becomes easier and easier for you, right? Well, Samuel L. Jackson, you have to know where this is going. His anchor word in school, in his self-taught speech therapy was motherfucker. <laughs> and that is why it is one of his heavily used words is like, that's his overcomer. It's you his know, favorite that's word. Why I don't fucking mind throwing it around because that's his, you know, I mean, it's his professional calling card, right? It is. <laughs> it is. What's in his wallet? The motherfucker. <laughs> um, wow. That is cool. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Wow, I do know that he played the French horn, the piccolo, the trumpet, and a flute in the school orchestra, which may have been another reason why he was bullied. He Don't know. Of, he had a lot of mouth work going on. <laughs> My guy. <laughs> you know, he wanted to be a marine biologist at first. I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, he attended Morehouse College in, in Georgia, but he joined up a local like acting group, and uh, he was like trying to get extra points in a class or something. And he liked acting and switched his role. And um, he helped co-found the Just Us Theater before he graduated back in 1972. Dang, my guy. <laughs> I will find one little other interesting tidbit. After Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination in 68, um, Sam Jackson attended uh, the King's funeral in Atlanta and uh, actually was one of the ushers. So. Wow. Yeah, interesting tidbit, but I mean, he's been around these seven He has been around a lot. I mean, this guy has done everything from TV to movies. He's been the good guy, he's been the bad guy. He's so been talking in... about his children's like book reading though. It might yeah. be so I will say I don't have it on my list because it's not a true portrayal of his character. Um, but there is this famous children's book. I don't know if we've talked about this before, and it's called Go the Fuck to Sleep. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, the children's book for the parents, <laughs> you know, that feeling at night of, no, I know you don't need no goddamn glass of water. Go the fuck back to bed. <laughs> and there is a YouTube recording where he reads this book in his just perfect, I mean, just the way that he goes through his roles. And it is. I didn't know that I needed Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> recording of telling children to fucking pipe down and go to bed. Go but fuck I did. to sleep. <laughs> go the fuck to sleep. That is awesome. So, uh, okay. So let me ask you this, just to kind of get started. When do you think he had his first like IMDb credited acting role? Pick a year. Mm, 82. Ooh, 72. 72. Right when he 72. graduated? Wow, yes. A whole decade off. Wow, it's what was called he in? Together for Days. And 
he played a character named Stan. And it was um, a black radical activist and a young white woman find themselves drawn to one another during the politically and racially charged atmosphere in the early 1970s. It's also been called Black Cream. So there you go. And then let's see. He did. I didn't either. I wasn't even aware of it at all. Um. Let's see. The first thing that I can see that I can really think of is I remember he was in uh, Spencer for Hire, and that was 86, 87. There are some other things that he was in, uncredited, things like that. So then he did School Days, and then, of course, he was the holdup man in Coming to America. He then started getting roles where he actually had a name. And let's see, he jumped all the way up. Death by Temptation, uh, Exorcist 3. I kind of found out later. I, I saw that. Uh, and then Stax Edwards and Goodfellas. So yeah. that was by about 90. And I think 90 is about when he starts to really, every really year, does. having multiple roles. Yeah. What year so. do you have a list there? What year he was in A Time to Kill? A Time to Kill. We that talked is, about that briefly on the SD episode. That's 96. Um, 96. Mm-hmm. That's the one where Sandra B plays um Harper Lee. True. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. Time no. to kill. Oh, that's it, the serial killer. Yeah. No. That's the, yeah. yeah. That's the guy. Or or the, the kid who the guy who kills uh, yeah. a girl. Yeah. The guy. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I'm going to say any more of them because that's, I think now we'll start getting into where we're going. But uh, I will say that this is going to be a great list. I'm super fucking excited to do it. And one would assume that you have honorable mentions. One would have assumed correctly. And one would assume that being a six timer, you would know you're supposed to have two honorable mentions. But. being a six timer you also know fuck it i'm gonna put however many i want to on it and you can't do a damn thing about it until later in uh, editing (laughs) so why don't we go ahead and i'm gonna sit back and get ready for your long list of honorable mentions well i uh, i have the same link that you're reading from i'll just start reading all of his roles because they're all fantastic (laughs) every one of them (laughs) No, so I will, you know, that, that's probably a good time to note. You know, I did not put these on my list, but things that I thought about putting on my list. Um, you know, Coach Carter, I love his role there, but we've talked about that film before. Mm-hmm. Um, Robocop, Die Hard 3, Django Unchained, you know, I mean, so many good ones that I have no, list. But um, so actually my first runner up is a movie you have already mentioned. Oh, okay. Um, I'm talking about uh, Samuel L. Jackson's portrayal as John Shaft II from the Shaft film in 2000. Awesome! I wish yeah. I'd have known that. We could have uh, could have waited until right now. Say so that's no, that's all good. You and I oh. know my list anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this I think was one of my first. You know, I saw this in 2000. I was a child. 
And it was probably not something I necessarily should have seen <laughs> at that point in time, you know, but it just really imprinted on me. I was like, whoa, that dude is a badass, <laughs> you know, but I will tell you, it's been a really long time since I've seen that movie, but still to this day, the scene, you know, where Shaft is, you know, walking out of the building and, you know, all the ambulances are everywhere. And Christian Bale is sitting on the back of a squad car in handcuffs, just, you know, smirking at the guy laid out on the gurney. And Samuel L. just Jackson just walks over there and knocks him square in the face and breaks his nose. And Christian Bale is like screaming and whining and bitching about it. And the police chief comes over and he goes, that's it. I've been waiting for a reason. And you're fired. And Samuel L. Jackson, he goes, for what? It's Christian Bale again and says, for that? <laughs> oh, or, that is, um, well, just talk about Shaft. Yeah, I mean, listen, we'll just talk about Shaft, you know, but I will also say just a scene for me that just really impressed upon me how incredible Samuel L. Jackson is, you know, is when he goes up to, I guess he's supposed to be like a drug slinger in the movie. And he's got, you know, the lady's 12-year-old son running drugs for him. And she's like, if you can do the one thing for me, make sure that he's not running my son anymore. He walks mm -hmm. up to the, you know, he walks up to his partner who had been staying outside, stuck in the building. And he was like. Anybody looking to maintain their employment with the NYPD might be in their best interest to leave now. And he goes and beats the hell out of the guy with a gun and just. What's my name? Wow. He's <laughs> shot. And did you know in this film, the word fuck is said 165 times? Wow. No, I did not. That is a lot of fucking times. That's a lot of fucking times. <laughs> I'm going to need you to go back in the editing and count the fucks in the podcast and see if we see if we rival that. Actually, I'm going to let you do that. <laughs> that's such a great idea only i only you could do it correct oh so, I'm just, counting is hard <laughs> awesome okay well that's one that was one and you know as you know one of my favorite movie series of all time you should know my next favorite portrayal even though he plays such a very, very small role in this film, um, in the whole franchise, really, and that is of Ray Arnold from Jurassic Park, 1993. Ah, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I just, I love him here, and his role is not large. It's not overly significant. Um, he plays, you know, Ray Arnold, who's, like the computer engineer for the Jurassic Park, you know, tasked with getting all the computers back online after they were deviously shut down. And he's just great. That's a, that is a great did role. did not make it out of the film. <laughs> <laughs> did we see the body, though? We don't see the body, but you do see his arm later. Mm -hmm. You see a severed arm. So he could technically have gotten. He listen. Yeah. He could be around. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying yeah. it could happen. It could happen. All well, right. I'm thinking 
you might have honorable mentions as well, motherfucker. What is that all? You really only have two? I really only had two. Holy I was crap. sticking to the rules. God, what a follower. Wow. Um so um, my I only have two honorable mentions as well. What the fuck? My first honorable mention we've already talked about. And that's Carl Lee Haley in A Time to Kill from 1996. You damn right. I just, he is such the father in this movie, you know, and, and, and with good reason. I mean, you've got these two racist (laughs) sons of beaches that violently rape, beat, and dump his daughter's 12 year old daughter's body, but she survives. And then he ends up shooting him and he goes to trial and it's just such an amazing movie. And as we know, at one point he is hiding, waiting for the, I'm sorry, I said that wrong, didn't I? So after they, you know, find her still alive, they end up arresting the two guys. And when they're bringing him to trial, Carl Lee has been hiding in a closet and he jumps out and he's got, I think it was an M16. I could be wrong, but goes to shoot and kill the guys and accidentally also shoots deputy Dwayne Looney and which has to be amputated. So there's that classic scene where he's just, you know, he's just there and, and he's like, you know, not showing now shows a lot of remorse for the deputy. But yeah. not at all for what those for killing those guys because they deserved it. He's and Carly, yeah, don't they deserve to die. Yes, don't. they deserve to die. And I hope they burn in hell. Yeah, it's just it's just really a really really good movie, and he plays. I mean, of course, you you feel for him. You want him to get off on it, uh, and no, I mean, hope. such a good choice, such a good. Well, portrayal. thank you. Starting off hot, man. Listen, I mean, yep. So I'm starting so hot, I should probably cool it down a little bit with my other honorable mention. I know where this is going. Lucius Best, (laughs) aka Frozone. Honey, where's my super suit? What? Where is my super suit? Why do you need to know? You tell me where my suit is, woman. The best friend and 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 close ally team member, whatever you want to call him, of Mister Incredible, he is just so much fun. He's basically what you would say is the Iceman of the Incredibles, uh, able to manipulate water molecules and freeze them. He worked for ooh, he worked for the U.S. government at one time, mm-hmm. uh, and then after that, all kind of went down. He's still there anytime that he is needed as long as he can find his super suit. This so Incredibles 2004, Incredibles 2, 2018. I'm telling you, I mean, an incredible portrayal on his part, but you know, there were a lot of lines like that one scene that you pulled from that he improvised, yeah. you know, like they put, I cannot remember who voices his wife, that they kind of just put him in a studio the way back and forth. And he's like, <laughs> woman, we're talking about the greater good. What are you talking about the greatest good? I'm the greatest good you ever going to get. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. Oh, and then, you know, something else. Did you, 
know that the I'm sure you do that the jewelry store scene from Incredibles in 2004 where mm-hmm. you know him and Mr. Incredible are helping in the burning building they accidentally roll into the jewelry store cops descend on the building Frozone is standing there masked and the police is holding a gun to him and he says you know don't move and Frozone leans down and he goes I'm 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 thirsty I'm just going to get some water and is leaning over just to get some water. <laughs> you know, that, that that whole scene was mirrored from Die Hard 3, where he's in a subway station with the police officer and the telephone. Right, right. Which I, I, thought, I you know, did not know that, but that makes total sense. Which I thought, well, and you know, it's kind of uncanny that if you go look, even at the officer that they, you know, animated. Uh-huh. I mean, the guy's pretty fucking spot on. Really? Know, from Die Hard. It's, it's pretty uncanny. You should look. I'm gonna to have to look that up because that's that's pretty damn awesome. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's so I will awesome. tell you on those um on those very cold and frozen coattails, Lucius Best as Frozone was my number five. Wow. <laughs> it was my fifth my fifth that, number. That is amazing. So that's why you must know because of all those cool things that he did. Just, that's could you imagine if him and Robin Williams had been put together in a recording I, studio? What could have happened? That's just crazy. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, so we shall never know. Did you see those in the theater? I did see those in the theater. Oh, yeah, I awesome. did. And you know, actually, I could be remembering this at the wrong time, though. I don't think I am. You know, about the time that. The 2004, the first film came out, I believe, that my father was working at the movie theater. Oh, okay. I, I want to say that it was the, about the same time that Lilo and the Stitch, Lilo and Stitch came out, Monsters, Inc. I like the Lilo was, and the Stitch. That's I love the movie. Lilo and the Stitch. Yeah, uh-huh. that's a good mo- the movie right there. Um, but we watched a lot of those on repeat because <laughs> a kid, <laughs> you know. Um, 2002 was Lilo and Stitch. Stitch. So, so yeah, it was probably about that same time. The Lilo and Stitch was right then. Yeah, not bad. Mm-hmm. What about Monsters Inc.? Monsters Inc. Wow, there's a bunch of those. That was 2001. Oh, uh, maybe not. Maybe it wasn't there that long, but yes, I definitely saw. Well, you were what four time. at the time? Hilarious, hilarious. Yeah, jokes are math is hard. Oh man. Well, speaking of uh forward, do you what? (laughs) Well, I guess I should give you my number five before we move on to your number four. Yes, please. Um I can't assume they're the same this time. (laughs) No, but it is amazing that you just picked that whole story to tell because my number five is Zeus Carver. Zeus. Yeah, Zeus, as in father of Apollo, Mount Olympus. Don't fuck with me or I'll shove a lightning bolt up your ass. Zeus, you got a problem with that? Well, <laughs> Yes, from Die Hard with a Vengeance, 1995. I loved this. It's the from one of the first parts that you see him. He's talking to his, his nephews. He's like, dial 911, tell the police to get up here quick. Somebody's about Somebody's to get, 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 get killed. Somebody's about to get killed. And get your butt to school. You hear me? <laughs> I love that. You know, so I don't know if you ever 
know the story of Die Hard and its sequels. And I'm not even going to try to tell you right now what they are. But if you ever have a deep dive, you should go onto YouTube and there's a great video. I'll try to remember to link it here. And it talks about, okay, well, you had Die Hard, the first one, but it was based on this book, but they couldn't do it this, so they did this. And then Die Hard 2 was supposed to be this, which was a sequel to another movie. And then Die Hard 3 comes along. You know what? I don't care how it got made. I'm just so fucking glad it got made because I love this movie. They were so good together. The whole scene where they're they're trying to figure out how to get the three gallons of water and, you know, they're pouring and all, you know, it's just, it just shows that he's an intelligent man, you know, that, that he's, he's, he's above what you see. And I love the fact that, that they portrayed him as a smart, strong man. And I just, anyway, just really loved his portrayal of Zeus Carver. Now I thought spot on everything you said. I, such a great film you know that's why i brought it up in my honorable mentions but uh it's such a good film well good well, thank good you. i'm glad you asked it's a great role but maybe you have a different role for your number four i you do would like to throw and out. you know speaking of sequels that kind of have a larger picture story to them <laughs> um my number four comes from a trilogy series Mm -hmm. Samuel Jackson was in. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about his portrayal of Elijah Price. Oh, never heard of him. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Rough gap. (laughs) Mr. Comic Book Man yourself. I'm sure sure you haven't. Another role that he played alongside Bruce Willis. Yes, it was. I was going to bring that up, which I thought you know, sometimes they're just pairs that you see throughout movies, and sometimes oh yeah, you right there are <laughs> <laughs> Salma. <laughs> um, actually, sorry, SLJ. I'm gonna pause for half a second. This just turned into the Selma Hayek show. Um, do you know what I watched last night? I can only the imagine Selma- <laughs> this. It was a Selma Hayek looking like adult film. But um, not no no no. So I watched the Black Mirror episode that we talked oh, about. Yeah yeah it yeah. It was so good. Awesome. And she was incredible in it. Of course she was. I you mean, know? you know, it comes with the territory. But mm, um, yes, you should mm. watch it right after this. Right. Uh, after but this. back to back to SLJ. Um. But yes, my number four um was his role portrayal of Elijah Price from the. Um, Unbreakable Split and Glass trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, you know, watching Unbreakable, it got me. Yeah, and I don't feel like there's a lot of films that like I I don't get got a lot. I feel like, mm-hmm. and yeah. this one this one got you to me. Oh yeah, pretty, pretty good. Um, it was very well set up. And the way that he plays this just desperate, desperate man is terrifyingly brilliant. Mm -hmm. You know, that he goes to the lengths that he goes to try to procure and find out these superheroes. Almost make them if he could. Well, exactly. 
you know? In a comic, you know how you can tell who the arch villain's going to be? He's the exact opposite of the hero. And most times they're friends like you and me. No, I just thought that it was a fantastic series. You know, I it thought was. that it was great. You know, there's there's something about M. Night, uh, and I've talked about this, and one day I'm going to have to really do a deep dive on this, but the first Unbreakable, I mean, the first movie was just blew me away. And one of the things that M. Night can, can either really do well or really screw up is place everything out in front of you and let you make your own mistake in trying to, in, in, you know, deciding what you're seeing. And, you know, yes, of course, I'm talking about the village, so whatever. <laughs> but with this movie, he laid everything out in front of you. And if you didn't figure it out, well, baby, that's on you. And yep. I, I didn't. I did not. I'm just like you. I was so amazed at the end that he had done what he had done. And it's not often that I won't spoil a movie for you, even though an old one like this, I'm not going to spoil this one because in case you haven't seen the glass trilogy or whatever it's called, you need to find it and you need to watch it because it's pretty damn amazing. And it, and it will not be like a Bruce Willis moment, <laughs> but it will have a sixth sense type of reveal. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Yes, it does. And he, but uh, you know, Sam is freaking amazing in this. I mean, he holds the presence of what's going on in each moment that he's on screen, even though he's sitting in a wheelchair. I mean, even he's though captivating he can, the whole thing. Yes, he, he literally is made of glass, but he is the most unbreakable thing in the room at that time. So. Powerhouse. On yeah, and I, I, and I'm just, I'm not split on that. Ooh. See what I did there? All three of them. I, just I did saw right through that glass. Oh, I saw two. <laughs> oh, let's, let's get on to your number four before we lose all of the listeners. Okay, so my number them. four is probably going to piss you off a little bit. Oh, and no. It's, because it's number four and not much higher. But if it's... you say. Go ahead, throw it out there. I'm not going to say it. No, go ahead. You think you know me so well. What well, number? here's the thing. You said that I'm going to be upset at where you're putting it. Mm -hmm. And I have a feeling it's probably two of his larger universal type roles. <laughs> that you're about to put down here in number four? No, 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 not necessarily. I mean, go ahead, Miss Smarty. I I'll tell you this though: it is not a role that was in. It was only the role in one film. He only played it in one film. So you want me to just throw it out there? You ready? And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. Yes, I'm talking about Jules Winfield in Pulp Fiction. Arguably one of his best roles of all time. If not his most iconic. <laughs> if not his most iconic. He, oh, no, I don't know about that. I think his most iconic has to be oh, Nick Fury. Nicholas Joseph Fury, agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
Nicholas Joseph Fury. You have three names. Because he's only got one eye. Because he's iconic, not iconic. Anyway, I'm sure if Cody is listening to this episode, he is cursing and spitting at the whatever device this is streaming from. Because I know, I know, I know. Especially when he finds out what my number one is going to be compared to having Jules here at number four. But it's a favorite. And so while this is a great role, and I love it, and I do love this role, it is only my number four favorite role of his. Wow. Look at that. Yeah, I will tell you, I I think that that's one of the my favorite films, just mm-hmm. because of the number of stories that surround the filming of this thing yeah. is kind of insane. Um but no, one of his best roles. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Make me say what just, again? What? What? Make me say what? I double dare you, motherfucker. Say that one <laughs> more goddamn time. <laughs> oh, it's so great. So great. Such so a good one to come. Thank you. And do you know how many fucks are in that film? Oh, my God. A lot of fucks. 265. Fuck. Oh. Fuck. <laughs> Man, you have so much motherfucking bleeping to do. You you have so much motherfucking counting to do. That's, I don't know. I feel like you could be counting them while you're bleeping them. <laughs> shall we shall we fuck on down to uh number three on this list? Let's get to you another motherfucking number three. Well, I don't know why it's a Sam Jackson show, but whenever I say that I sound like Snoop Dogg. I don't. I just don't know. You've been you've been rolling J's over there. I, I, I just don't have the anger that he's able to put behind it. You know, I I, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Listen, I don't think anyone can what? portray that. No, I don't know. Man's if I had got the, passion. I, I don't know. That motherfucker's scary sometimes. What's in your wallet? I don't know, Sam, but you can have it. You can have my wallet. <laughs> Motherfucker, you can have the whole wallet, contents and object. <laughs> but you can't have. Your number three because you're giving it to us right now. I am. I is it I an am. iconic it, role? It is an iconic role. The oh. director of the motherfucking S H I E L D. Baron from Miss Peregrine's that home. Whole thing is like your children, right? <laughs> oh, um, yes, sure. Oh, Augustus Gibbons. Wait, what? <laughs> Did nope. not even make my shortlist <laughs> or my longlist. <laughs> um, yeah, so Nick Fury um, is who Sam Jackson portrays in the Marvel Universe. Um, in all that, of the Marvel Universe. In all of that. I mean, the, I mean, he's just there. He yes. is Marvel, right? Um, you know, so I just, I love him in this role because it is the role that continues to give and give and give and give. Um, and it's always good. You know, we, he has been Marvel since movie number one. You know, Iron Man post credit scene was his first on-screen scene as director Nick Fury. Um, I just think that he's iconic. I mean, I guess that's really all there is. Iconic. Iconic. He was in 13 different projects as 
Nick Fury, starting with Iron Man. Captain Marvel. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, I I cannot disagree with you that this is not an awesome, awesome role. You'd be crazy to, but I would 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 tell you you should if you haven't already find the Ultimates comic book, which came out Mike Millar, I think, and Brian. Oh crap! There's some the geeks are going to yell at me. Well, then again, there's only three of them that watch the show. Um, I mean, listen to the show. So the Ultimates is the is the kind of the universe almost that the MCU took as a mold, and in it, not just a black dude, a bald black dude with one eye. Sam Jackson was drawn as Nick Fury in this comic. That's book. awesome. And so someone somewhere, I'm guessing the 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 Russo brothers or whatever said we have to have him and they got him and it's it's amazing. And he did such an incredible job of it. He lends his voice to the what to like four of the what if episodes. Yeah. He's been there for Spider-Man like you said, he's been there for Captain Marvel. You know, the Avengers. I mean, he even took on a cat and survived. He did. He did. You know? I don't know much about that, but. I mean, did. and just the number of times that, you know, I mean, obviously I know that this is written in, but the way that he portrays and plays this man, this leader who's so sacrificial his own life. Yes. Iconic, if you will. Um. I love to see him on screen. There's never yeah. a scene I'm upset with. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he was great in all of the Marvel movies. I thought he was really, I think probably one of my favorite roles is, or not roles, I should say, is, is instances is when he does play the young Nick Fury with both eyes because it's it's just so unlike any of the other things that he portrays in that whole series he's you know he's young he's not quite experienced but hardened uh, yeah you know so i don't know i can't disagree with you he is so i will task you though which of the movies is your favorite of him as nick fury captain america the winter soldier the winter soldier okay um hands down um, and you know, there's so many scenes, you know, obviously with him being in that many Marvel projects alone, mm-hmm. there's so many that I could pick from, but yeah. his resilience in that film, I feel like is just remarkable and it's to be noted, you yeah. know, um, you know, especially the scene when he is blown up and machine gunned and about everything in the world could have been done to him and he's down and out and you think he's gone and he's like i'm back motherfucker. i'm back, I'm back. and then he uses it <laughs> he pulls out what i thought would have been a purple lightsaber uh to, motherfuck. yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know i would tell you i would probably agree with you um because the only thing i didn't like in winter soldier was er was when he's at shield i just remember at one point he has like a uh, a black uniform on and it has like a collar that goes up and it just it just looked weird you know it it looked like almost a like a 
I don't know, an SS style uniform. Do you do you remember what I'm talking about? I don't remember offhand no. exactly. Yeah. But anyway, that's just one of the things I just, but the performance and not just that, but the story in it is that, you know, you really find out that, that Fury is all about the job, all about protecting. He's all in, you know, and so he doesn't care. He has to give up everything, including his own livelihood. I mean, go into hiding. Because he believes, Mm -hmm. you know, because he believes that much. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow, that's a, that's an excellent point. I totally agree with that. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Well, I would love to see if I agree with what your number three is. Well, I know you agree with my number three because it's Elijah Price as Mr. Glass. Oh, very nice. <laughs> I thought we might have some overlap here. Yeah, well, you've got to. <laughs> I mean, come on, motherfucker. The guy engineers hundreds maybe even thousands of deaths to find that one person uh, airport bombings hotel fires train crashes and all kinds of other stuff that you probably just didn't see on, on you know his 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 dream board uh, <laughs> <laughs> but i gotta get me one of those <laughs> right right you know i mean he's he was just so intelligent and so slick I mean, his that, performance was chilling. Yes, yes, yeah. it was. It, it was some, and you know, I found when I was researching this, I found two pictures: one from him at the beginning of Unbreakable, where he's holding up the comic book, and then later on in Glass, where he's he's looking up, and it's amazing. Of course, it was twenty years between, but it's amazing to see how they brought that character along and you know once he it's like superman or or like clark kent taking off his glasses and you see you know you're like you can't unsee him anymore the man behind the curtain has been unmasked you know i mean that's right so wait he's behind a curtain and he's wearing a mask listen you gotta cover all your bases okay so do you throw the cut the the curtain back and unmask him Oh, no, 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 the curtain is the mask. You just. Oh, so does he have he eye holes to see through the curtain? He does. So maybe it's just a regular mask. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, maybe it's a mask made from a curtain. <gasps> curtain mask. Look at us. Problem solving. Love this. <laughs> they ought to get us to write his next script. <laughs> what? Oh, I think they should. Oh. <laughs> but before that. I think we should hear what your number two is. And we're really getting down to the point now where, and I'm going to tell you, because this is going to blow you away. We are not crossing over with Nick Fury. So my number one and my number two, there is one more crossover. I'm pretty positive that we're going to cross over. Oh, a hundred percent. I know there's going to be a crossover, but I'm really really going to be amazed if my number one and your number one are the same so let's do it let's rip the band-aid off what is your number two favorite motherfucking samuel l jackson's motherfucking role my motherfucking favorite is one that you already motherfucking said oh i'm talking about his portrayal of jules winfield from pulp fiction (laughs) 
How did I not know that? <laughs> I do not know. That guy has uh, a lot of brains. I'll say that. He does. And he had he to does. pick up out of his hair, but still. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I I've been just... waiting to say that one. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it on your face. Are you so happy? <laughs> so happy. I'm so happy for you. Marvin. <laughs> Marvin. Oh, man. And so, you know, I just, like I said before, it, 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 it's probably his most iconic role. Everybody mm-hmm. knows that film as Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. You know? it, it, it put him on, the, on everybody's radar. You know, I, John I really Travolta, great. Uma Thurman, great. SLJ, just drop to your knees. Let's just bow down mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Um, you know, so I... You know, I was reading up on a little bit of this, you know, film, and I didn't know that the car that Travolta drives in Pulp Fiction is actually Tarantino's car. I had in heard real life. That. Yes. And um, apparently it was then his car was stolen mm-hmm. after the making of this film and they didn't find it for 20 years. I did yeah. not know this, which I thought that's kind of incredible. That's amazing. Um, right. So this role was specifically written by Tarantino for SLJ. That's pretty common knowledge. Um, you know, and then Paul Calderon went to Tarantino, was like, I would like to audition for this role. SLJ heard that he had auditioned for it and was like, nah, motherfucker. Flew himself <laughs> down to LA to audition for Tarantino. And Tarantino said, you know, it was always meant for you anyway. Oh, and thus and thus it was born. But um, yeah, no, I uh, I love this film. It really is a great role for him. Such a great role. Yeah, you you um cannot disagree with you. Obviously, Obviously. you liked it a little bit more than I did, and that's okay. That's all but right. you know, that's all good, 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 good. Well, good, good, you good, know, good. I am now incredibly intrigued. Because I do know what our crossover is. I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure out. I have a feeling you know my number one. And now I'm trying to figure out, is my number one your number two? Or it is. Or do we have... Uh, it is. Oh, man. Yep. I so, really have to know what your number one is. Yes. So let's say it together. Ready? <gasps> Three, two, two one. one. In the name of the Galactic Senate of the Republic, you're under arrest, Chancellor. Are you threatening me, Master Jedi? The Senate will decide your fate. I am the Senate. Not yet. Mace Windu. Windu. All right, my number two, your number one. So let's just go all out. I would, as as the host, I would like for you to go first. Oh, you're so sweet. You know, I just... Okay, that's enough. So Mace Windu shows up. <laughs> Been waiting, motherfucker. Just jump right up in front of me. <laughs> um, another iconic role, right? He first mm-hmm. appears as Mace Windu in The Phantom Menace in 1993. He was a grandmaster on the Jedi Council, second in strength only to Yoda. Um, and you know, I love when they were in filming that. Samuel L. Jackson, as most people know, you know, went to George Lucas and, and requested a purple lightsaber. Oh, hand up. Let's, oh, 
is there a correction being made to something that I said? Uh, 1999. What did I say? 1993. I don't know why I would have said that. I know that it didn't come out that early. I do, because you on crack. Apparently, motherfucker. Apparently, I am on motherfucking crack over here. But please continue. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you know, so the the whole Samuel L. Jackson, you know, requesting the purple lightsaber, and I just always knew that story as such, and that's where it ended. I didn't mm-hmm. know that George Lucas actually told him no, <laughs> mm-hmm. and told him he couldn't have it. I didn't which know is, that story for a long time. Which is pretty badass for someone to say no to Sam Jackson. Yeah, um, I wouldn't test it. You know how many no roles he had been in since since 1999? I don't know. No. no. So I'm thinking <laughs> that Sam must have found something in his wallet. That's exactly what happened. I got this. Yeah. So I, I don't know the rest of the story because I don't. I don't know who he said. He said no. So what changed his mind? George Lucas, I guess, just changed his mind and he added it post-production. Really? He did. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, they don't they don't light up for real. Yeah. Um, well, and then, you know, in three years later, in 2002, the Star Wars Tales came out. And in... Ooh, see, but that, that one's red. You need purple. Well, no, there can you only be one so purple. Nice, there can only be the one. Well, you look so nice holding it, though. Thank you. You play with your toys a lot. Not too much. I only pull my lightsaber out every once in a while. Once a blue moon. And there's a super blue moon coming up soon. There is. There is. Anyway, we are so getting off track. Off track. Off topic. Off world. So purple. Purple. (laughs) And it's purple because that's his his, uh, cocktail or whatever. You know, that's just his color. But, um, you know. But isn't there like a real thing? Like jedis the color is based on like their aura or something and it is in the okay. in the purities after all of the kyber crystals had to be fixed um mm-hmm. after they were um messed up by all the sith lords but so the um the 2002 the star wars tale edition number 13 mm-hmm. right so this is written after the 1999 release of the phantom Mm -hmm. menace so three years following they actually wrote a story to give explanation as to how mace windu got his purple lightsaber please do yep so explain it's a 14 year old mace windu has been given a mission as a padawan to locate all of the materials to have a saber created for him Okay. okay so he was off planet on I believe it was a planet called Hur- Hurricane. I don't know okay. if I'm saying that right, if it's just Hurricane. Um, and he was attacked by natives. And one of them, he accidentally knocked off of a cliff. And he used <gasps> the force to heal the native and, you know, restore him. And Back was when you gift- could force heal. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And was gifted purple crystals in return by the native villagers. Wow. And that's what he used to go back and that's how he got his very uh unique and original purple lightsaber. That is really a cool story. I didn't know that. Oh. Huh. Well, learn something new every day. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Well, motherfucker. Dun, dun, dun. I that's have really cool. Got to know. Well, wait, wait, wait. Before we get there, 
I do. I do. I do oh, want to talk. You still want to talk. You do. Yeah, I do. Talk. I want to talk a little bit. You actually want to talk on your own show. I know. That's sure? crazy, huh? Um, so I do, because it's very important that we talk about it, even though this isn't coming out until, I mean, Ashoka's already come out, but he was really part of reassigning Padawans like Ashoka, uh, for mm-hmm. mon- to, you know, to do mundane stuff to allow them to, you know, reflect on their time. So I think, I mean, like you said, he's very powerful in the force and on the council. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. Let me start over. Okay. Mace is a bad motherfucker. I mean, so do you think he dies in Revenge of the Sith? No, because I don't want to believe that he does. Right. But he's never shown back up post Revenge of the Sith, correct? He has not. Okay. Not one time. And there's part of me that waits around because it's like, listen, <laughs> if y'all are going to bring back Palpatine's bitch ass, bring Thank me you. Mace Windu, okay? With no hands, um, if that's okay. With no yeah. hands, and that's, fi- and that's fine, okay? Yep. Listen, look at what Annie did with no hands and no legs, mm-hmm. okay? Um, no, so he doesn't show back up. So there is always some little part of me that's hoping that in some of these shows that are coming out, like, is he hiding and lurking with the rest of the Jedi and hiding in the background in the right. same, you know, time era that all I mean, of these other be, shows are coming out in? Yeah, it would make you know, perfect like, sense that, that he's in hiding. Yeah, because everybody thinks he's dead. And what better way to work behind the scenes is when no one even thinks you're there. And I will tell you, there have been parts of me that have thought, is he going to show up? in some really random side story, even if it's just in talk that he's also behind the rebellion mm. now, like that he's a, he's a background player. I just don't know, but yeah. uh, I hope that we get more of him. So he hasn't been in any flashbacks or anything in any of the shows. Not that I can think of. Okay. Hmm. And he's the one who told Qui-Gon, you can't train the boy. He did. Right? Yeah. He did. But, you know, what I... um, I've heard the Weird Al song like a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is what he said. You know, but I actually was reading something. Maybe it's bad to even talk about. I can't remember where I was reading it or what the context was necessarily. Um, I want to say it was from a book but that mace window actually did want anakin to be trained Uh that he did want to you know honor qui-gon and that he wanted obi-wan to train him because he could tell that their destinies were very much tied his and obi-wan's and he intertwined okay intertwined um because you know mace window is supposed to be very force sensitive and being able to see Oh my gosh, what are they? It's like waypoints in the force, you know, different connections and destinies that he was supposed to be like, that was his gimmick, you know, Mm -hmm. with the forces to be able to tell that. And that he could tell that Qui-Gon's theory was correct, that he knew Anakin to be the chosen one, but because he couldn't see his full future and because he was filled with a lot of fear, he had his doubts, but because he still wanted to honor that feeling, 
He did want him to be trained. He just wanted him not to be able to get the rank of master. So, you know, didn't Qui-Gon, was it part of that whole thing? Was that Qui-Gon said the Sith were back and they didn't believe him. So that's probably some of that uh, responsibility that he felt was like, we didn't believe you. And uh, obviously Qui-Gon could, was more in touch with what was going on. Uh, yeah, that well, makes he's a lot of sense. He's out there in the world, you yeah, know, versus yeah. sitting up in Coruscant. Having a belly burger or exactly. whatever, they, whatever exactly. they're called. That's yeah. a blue note. <laughs> yep. That's <laughs> straight from the tap. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right. All right. So my number one favorite Sam Jackson role is a Christmas movie. Oh, man. <laughs> released in 1996 we've already touched on it because i started the show with it i'm talking about his portrayal of mitch hennessy in the long kiss goodnight da, 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 da. put my keys in my left pocket gun in the right hand side makes a bulge people can see you want me to stick it in my pants and shoot my damn dick off now you're a sharpshooter now, please, please, please. Don't do it. <laughs> tell me you're going to find a copy of this and watch it. I will absolutely find a copy of this and watch it. So here's the, here's the gist. Okay. Uh, I don't think, I don't know. I think it is streaming maybe even on Netflix. Let's you see. can check that Netflix or Amazon. I it think says it's I streaming. can watch it on Tubi for free. Tubi. Tubi. Okay. Well. I, I've got like three copies of the DVD. I'll send you one when I send you this other packet. Ooh. So the movie with, um, oh God, what's Gen, uh, Gina Davis. Okay. Gina Davis is, she plays Samantha Kane, uh, just like the perfect, uh, you know, PTA mom with her eight year old daughter, Ka- Ka- uh, Caitlin. They live in Pennsylvania and she teaches school and she makes the best Rice Krispies, but she has amnesia. So the first and only thing she can remember about her life was waking up in a hospital, finding out she was pregnant with Caitlin. So she's got about an eight to nine year memory. She knows nothing about it. So she hired a while back, a cheap private detective played by Samuel Jackson. And Sam has basically, he's a low life. He's, he's got a good heart, but he's, he's just milking her for money, you know? And all of a sudden something breaks and she gets seen on TV and someone who has been looking for her finds her. Okay. And she and Mitch get involved in this whole situation and it just goes off the rails. Okay. And so if you remember the very beginning of the episode, I was like, getting my papers. So Mitch has a way of reminding himself when he does something. And it is so ingrained in me now that when I'm at work, for example, and I'm leaving, I'm like, got my keys in my right hand, 
I just lock the door. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I can get in the car. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Don't worry about it no more. Uh-uh. And it reminds me. So I'm not like two minutes down the road going, oh, did I lock the door or not? Yes, I did because I sang about it. See, I love that, that you just totally M. Night shyamalan me, that you laid this all out from the beginning. And because I have not seen this film, I <laughs> have no idea. <laughs> what a nice role portrayal on your end. Thank you. Thank you. So I definitely, like I said, I'm gonna, if, I, I know I have at least two copies of the DVD, so I'm going to find it and send it to you. And if it doesn't reshuffle your list, I I would be very surprised. Because he is so, so great. For example, one of the sayings is, <clears throat> everybody knows when you make an assumption, you make an ass out of you and umption. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. That, da, da, that, da, da, that da. sounds about him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I got put, it in but, the podcast. Yeah. Yes, I did. And there's oh. gonna be a there's gonna be a whole thing at the end quotes because they are so so awesome. So I love that. And that is our motherfucking Samuel L. Jackson Rolls favorites list. And you know what? <sighs> I gotta say another one for you, grandmommy. I am huh? so sorry, but this is a safe space and this is an X-rated show. And I'm actually allowed to say this. Um okay. so we cannot end this show without talking about one of his most iconic most just fantastic roles in what is probably one of his most panned movies but it's the reason not the reason but one of the major reasons why he's known as sam motherfucker jackson we're talking about the 2006 movie where he plays Agent Neville Flynn, and he is tired of these. Enough is enough! I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane! Everybody strap in! I'm about to open some fucking windows. <laughs> don't want no damn snakes on a plane? Don't, I don't want darn snakes on this darn plane. No. No, he does not. That would not be. Except I mean, he may, didn't say damn. He, he didn't or darn, you or know, darn, or gosh dang, <laughs> or even gall darn it. Well, Mrs. Scout, Doctor Alien, motherfucking mother of the motherfucking dragons and stuff. More this has been a blast. Fun. This has been so much fucking fun. I'm so glad that we finally got to do this. We have bounced around with this for a while. And today, the super blue moon just lined up and everything Uh was right. And I don't have to ask you what we're doing next because we're doing Kathy Bates next. And I'm I'm ready for that list already. So Um, I've got that list ready to get. Yes, you do. I have the rest of the year already planned out. So this episode, I am thinking that this episode will be the first motherfucking episode of the new motherfucking year. Look at you, motherfucker. What you the blue moon passed like four months ago. But... No, there's another <laughs> one. 
in 2037. No, seriously, literally, like right now, there is. I know that's what I'm saying is you you're gonna put this show oh, out in January and yeah, we four yeah. months off. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I got you now. There's this amazing picture that um, I'm gonna share on Twitter. Oh, okay. There we go. Just shared it. Um, there's a guy, a guy named Jay Falgu who is a big photographer around the area. And there's another place called Mel's Diner in Broussard, which has basically Sputnik. Imagine Sputnik, but all of the little arms coming off of it are neon. Mm -hmm. So he took a picture of that and the super moon's right next to it. So if you go to my Twitter, you look right now, you'll see it. Your tweeter? Yeah, my tweeter, my ex. Your ex? Which, by the way, if you go and look, tell me if you notice anything different on my ex tweeter. Next to my name. Do you have a check mark? I have a blue check mark. All right. You and Elon getting all cozy over there. Well, I'll tell you, I really do feel like I was um, pretty much maneuvered into it because I've been using tweet deck for a long time and I just started ramping up and then Boom. You can't use it anymore unless you have a a blue uh, check. So this is why I need a Patreon and I need $5 a month from all 16 of my listeners to pay for stuff like that. You know? There you go. Listen, so, let's, let's get up to uh, 20 listeners. 20. That we'll would be switch awesome. Let's we'll switch over to Patreon. That's my uh, 2024 first quarter goal is 20 listeners. I, I can't I can't wait. Can't wait. Is there a way to check in from like five episodes? Did Sandra be the mail lady? We fall back follow back up on that. Did she Good. ever log on to the show? I, I have to I, hunt her down. I don't know. We'll have to. She and I are going out next Thursday night, so I could check with her. Oh yeah, you know, we, great. we don't usually have a lot of time to talk, but uh I'll try to I'll try to make a note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Squeeze she's, squeeze that in there if you can. She, yeah. She's gonna be wearing that outfit from uh her six million dollar man movie up here. So, so looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. Enjoy. Well, I would like to thank all of you out there in the podcast universe for joining us for this motherfucking episode of Faith Five from Fans. That's probably the last time I'm gonna say it. You can find us and more from the Plastic Microfood Studios wherever you listen to podcasts. It'd be a huge help if you could consider leaving us a review and that all-important five-star rating. Like, go, I mean, literally, you can go onto iTunes and go to the Apple Podcasts, and it would take you like three minutes to leave us a, just say, hey, these guys are really motherfucking awesome. Oh, there, did it again anyway. If you like the show consider telling a friend about us. And if you don't like the show, tell that motherfucker you can't stand about it. See, I did it again. Never mind. Just throw it out the window. You can find us at our website and on Twitter, Instagram, on the Facebook page. We do a little on the TikTok, and I thread something every once in a while. What to say? I know, right? I'm social. He is involved. And remember, folks, it may not be the best. It may not be the most popular. But if it's your favorite, then it's good enough for us. Thanks so much for joining us. Scout, take us out. Go the fuck to sleep. Good night.
enough is enough. I have had it with these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. Everybody strap in. I'm about to open some freaking windows. Please don't move. What the hell is this? Uh, 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 don't give me attitude, sir. See, you're assuming I won't shoot your sorry ass, and everyone knows when you make an assumption, you make an ass out of you and umption. Now, I'm Sergeant Madigan Vice, and if you do cop a two jerk off, I will see to it you spend the next 10 years in prison getting ass fucked. And if the case is thrown out because my arrest was too violent, I will personally hire men to ass fuck you for the next 10 years. So if you're an ass fucking fan, you go ahead and mouth off. Meanwhile, you're under arrest for the crime of prostitution. Got me a handgun. Da -da -da -da. Got a rifle too. Da -da -da -da. Anybody fucks with Mitch, he knows just what to do. Cause I'm a bad motherfucker. There may be many reasons not to kill you, but among them is not that you'll be missed by NASA. I found the address in your coat. Between the dress of a topless bar and the picture of what looks like a man's penis. That's a duck, not a dick. Please, don't move. What the hell is this? Uh, 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 don't give me attitude, sir. See, you're assuming I won't shoot your sorry ass. And everyone knows when you make an assumption, you make an ass out of you and umption. Now, I'm Sergeant Madigan Vice. And if you do cop a two jerk off, I will see to it you spend the next 10 years in prison getting ass fucked. And if the case is thrown out because my arrest was too violent, I will personally hire men to ass fuck you for the next 10 years. So if you're an ass fucking fan, you go ahead and mouth off. Meanwhile, you're under arrest for the crime of prostitution. Got me a handgun. Got a rifle too. Anybody fucks with Mitch. He knows just what to do, cause I'm a bad motherfucker. There may be many reasons not to kill you, but among them is not that you'll be missed by NASA. I found the address in your coat. Here, between the address of a topless bar and the picture of what looks like a man's penis. That's a duck, not a dick.